Blackburn Rovers have their first title in 81 years, despite a dramatic last-minute 2-1 defeat this afternoon at Liverpool. It would have cost them the Premiership if Manchester United had won at West Ham, but United's frantic late pressure failed to produce a winner. The result was a one-all draw, and Blackburn were champions by just one point. Shearer chasing it on, he's behind Palace, though, can't pull him down. There's the inevitable outcome, they're off the bench. Blackburn Rovers, Shearer strikes again, 2-0. Well, Gary Palace has had the track foot wrong, and there's nothing he can do about this. but they came as close as you ever can come to winning in the final minutes here. And what happens here will not matter because Manchester United could not win. They have drawn at West Ham and I've never seen a manager happier when his team has just conceded a goal. Kenny Dalglish has led Blackburn to the championship in defeat. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Teams of Our Lives with me, Marcus Speller, and him, Andy Brassel. Hello, I've not quite got over you saying the Teams of Our Lives. Yeah, It's I, brilliant, I, isn't it? I, I feel like my, my chest and my shoulders rising as you say that. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Anything else rising, Andy, that we should know about? <laughs> well, not yet, but we're only 30 seconds in. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Um, yes, today we, we, uh, we have, uh, we're going back to the mid-90s. My favourite era for all things, <laughs> for all things music, sport, damn it all, fashion, and uh, and probably cinema. I don't know. Uh, we are talking about Kenny Dalglish's Blackburn Rovers. Yay, Andy Brassel, my goodness, what it's. I think as the years go by, this becomes a more fascinating story or a more fascinating period in the club's history. Yeah, it's absolutely surreal when you think of where Blackburn were before and um, where, where they went afterwards. I mean, you know, you're looking at a, a team now that has, has, has been out of the, the Premier League for, for over 10 years. It's, it's a very long time, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, the, the remarkable thing about this, I think, is when you think that they were uh, promoted in 92, mm-hmm. won the title in 95, which is the main bit we're going to concentrate on, were relegated in 99. I mean, that is the ultimate in 90s boom or bust, whichever way you look at it, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is, yeah. I mean, I suppose one there, there are slight similarities with... Nottingham Forest, in, if you sort of cherry pick a little bit, but but not really, because obviously you know two European Cups in their history back to back. You know that that's not what Blackburn have in in the in their in their history in their yeah. locker, if you like. But you but it's but it's true. I mean, you you had record signings, you had uh, obviously the Premier League title win or the Premiership as it was was called back then, golden boots. Uh, and relegation, all in in the nineteen nineties, promotion as well. Um, it's 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 an astonishing story. I mean, to, to give a little bit of context, you know, they, I, I love this. That, that I was reading a piece about it, and it said when Blackburn won the league, they ended their eighty one year wait 
for a top top flight league title. You're not after eighty. You're not waiting. Like, you say not, that you say that Jack Walker was. I, I, I really love the it? fact when, <laughs> okay. when he when he took over the club and for for people who aren't aware, uh, Jack Walker was uh, mm. Blackburn born. Uh, steel baron who built up his business from a scrap metal business that he uh, inherited from his father into this um, incredible national and international business walker steel which he then went on and sold and bought blackburn rovers with the, with the profits and he really is the the last of his type really mm. because if you think of um people who can come in and spend transformative amounts of money on a Premier League team to to make them challenge. I mean, that is... Now you need state-sized wealth. You know, even yeah. extremely wealthy local people cannot do this. I mean, you know, if you think of Jack Walker now in today's money, mm-hmm. maybe he would be trying to get Blackburn out of the out of the championship and then looking for investors. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's totally different. But when mm. you talk about that 81-year wait, he gave this incredible speech when he when he completed the, the purchase of Blackburn and said, oh, I've been a fan all my life. I want to take this club back to where it belongs. It's one of the best clubs in England and we're going to be right at the top where we deserve to be. And I, I suspect immediately that put people's nose out, noses out of joint because I'm trying to think about it. I think... Globally, and I'm, I'm not being mean to Blackburn here, I'm just being honest. Can you think of many more sort of, maybe not even disliked, but just sort of champions, Premier League champions that, that left a large part of the country relatively indifferent? I mean, I, I don't even mm. think there's quite the level. A lot of people chipped at them. Um, but I don't, not to the level of Chelsea or or, or Manchester City. I, I, no. I never felt quite the same brashness. Probably because they're not a big city club, and probably because of, of of Jack Walker. But I think they're comparable to Chelsea and Manchester City in terms of the money you they were spending in those days. I mean, if you go to the beginning of that title-winning season, obviously Alan Shearer was going into his third season at Blackburn. Then they sort of bought them, bought him as a, a promotion present to themselves in in '92, and he'd had a brilliant first two seasons at Ewood Park. Um, but Chris Sutton arrived to to partner him in '94, uh, and like Shearer, he was a British record signing at the time. Just let that sink in. I don't yeah. think I don't yeah. think the numbers, if you look at the numbers on paper, it mm-hmm. doesn't do justice to the seismic effect it had on English football at the time. And, you know, um, Manchester United and um, Arsenal were in the mix for Chris Sutton as well. Mm-hmm. They couldn't come anywhere near the wages that, yeah. that, that Blackburn were paying. It's such an interesting point because you, you imagine a promoted side. Can you imagine if, you know, I know Fulham have splashed the cash before when they go out and they've got a billionaire owner, but yeah. But imagine when they got promoted uh, recently, they made a British transfer record feat. Now, I know everything's a bit overinflated, so, mm. you, you know, you, you you have to sort of keep that in, in into account a little bit. But still, them signing a player that was maybe going to go to... Arsenal, uh, well, Manchester City or Liverpool, for example. Mm. You know, that's what that's what you're dealing with. And I think with with the comparisons, it is interesting. But I think also, though, Andy, I think one of the reasons why 
that Chelsea and Manchester City got got more grief, if you like, for, for their spending and whatnot. I think it's the perceived sources of where it's coming from. Yeah. Well, not just perceived, where, where they are actually coming from. Yeah. You know, Roman Abramovich, we know um, it's a bit murky with regards to the history of uh, sort of Russian politics and whatnot. I don't want to mention too much because I don't really know that much about the internet, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. And we, and we go off on, a, on an unhelpful tangent, perhaps. Manchester City with regards to where their money's coming from. Again, it's mm. very, very heavily scrutinised um, uh, as well. Now, Jack Warner's has been, but again, he is a local Jack guy. Jack Walker, to... not Jack Warner. Jack Warner uh, is, is definitely <laughs> scrutinised. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm talking about people being scrutinised, I just naturally went to him. I'll tell you and what, all two those... letters difference. I love the idea of <laughs> Jack Warner running Blackburn Rovers. Probably Blackburn Rovers fans don't. But, you know. Oh my goodness, what, what, an, what an error. But all, low, all, all dodgy Rovers lead to Jack Warner is uh, you know one could argue but That's Jack next Walker week's show. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Walker uh, forgive me everybody uh, he did support the club so there, there was an element mm. of a bit of fairy tale that this yes. this guy uh, you know had come good in terms of wealth and again I understand there's, there was sort of question marks over that there is with anybody who has that sort of money generally speaking without sounding too knobbish about it um, and, and and then he came with his with his money. But again, the the, the extra exposure the league has now, the global uh, phenomenon that is the Premier League, everyone has an opinion. It, it, you know, everyone's writing stuff on the internet. You didn't have the internet back then, mm. or you certainly didn't in everyone's home. In fact, very very few people's homes, it, 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 you know, if at all really. So I think all that taken into account again. And, and as a young lad, I was only about thirteen or fourteen at the time, or, or whatever I was. Uh, I didn't sort of think about this sort of big spending. I was like, oh, okay, so they've signed him, have they? Or they've signed. I, I didn't really think about it. That I much. guess. I guess my question to you though mm. would be: Did it feel weird Blackburn being title challengers? Well, again, so your perception of time is not that great when you're younger. Mm. If someone says, right, you you know, you know, can't eat chocolate for 10 minutes, you think, you know, the world's ended because you think that's, you know, forever. <laughs> uh, so I, I, when, when Blackburn, I mean, Blackburn, they, well, they were relegated from the top flight in 1966 and didn't mm. return until 1992, a long time outside of, of the top flight. And they went up via the playoffs in 92. And that's when Jack Warner had, had already bought the club, of course. And Kenny Dalgleish comes in, money um, to be to be uh, spent. Now, the first season back in the top flight was a very impressive one from Blackburn Rovers. And again, yeah. this is the sort of thing that would be very unlikely to happen now. Uh, and this is where I think you could have a comparison. I think it was Nottingham Forest who, when they got promoted, once they sort of finished, they finished very high. Part of me wants to think they won the league, but it might, maybe that's... Anyway, they, they did very well. But they signed Alan Shearer for British Record Free, as we say. Kevin Gallagher was sort of fairly big money at the time. Henningberg, Stuart Ripley, Graham Lasseau. Those players were all, other than Gallagher, who had an injury in the title-winning season, they were all very important. So all the players they signed in that first season up in the Premier League became very important members of that title-winning side. Yeah, and some of them were already in situ from when they won the playoff in, in, in 92. So if if, yeah. we, if we go backwards a little mm. bit, um, Kenny Dalglish took over in the autumn of... 1991 um mm -hmm. don mckay had been charged very popular uh figure um and what when, when dalglish took charge it was it was, it was clear they were going in, in in one direction and you, yeah. you look at and the, he'd gone there from liverpool great success at liverpool yeah of course he had a bit of time out of the game but yes. yeah you're, you're right um it was still fresh in the memory uh, especially because liverpool were uh, 
sort of atrophying at that time mm-hmm. that, that they were falling to bits a, a, a little bit and um but you look at the players that were in that playoff winning team against Leicester at, at, at Wembley um you know and you, you look at Mike Newell for example mm. who who'd already proved himself as a, a really good Premier League striker um with with Everton you've got the experience you've got Kevin Moran you've got Gordon Cowens who played in Italy and played for England. You know, there's a lot of quality in that team. Colin Hendry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that they weren't starting from zero when they, they, they came up. And, um, you know, Shearer was an incredible addition to what was already a very good side. But much like, I don't know, someone like, I, I guess I mentioned in, this in the past, but say Emil Heskey, when he left Leicester for Liverpool, it's not quite the same thing, but a player who was an excellent player who was ready to take the the next step up and make himself better by playing with better players. That was Alan Shearer. And you think of his debut for um, Blackburn at Selhurst Park in the Premier League when they played um, Crystal Palace. Um, it was a 3-3 draw, really exciting game. He scored two goals, in, including one absolute rocket from range. And straight away, it was Shearer saying, we're going to be really good and I'm going to be really good. And whatever you're snickering about it, there's really nothing you can you can do about it from, mm. from this point. Because Blackburn had, had kind of dipped their feet in going big before. You talked about them trying everything to get out of the second tier and um the first time that jack walker really invested he donated the steel for them to appropriately enough um to rebuild one of the stands Mm -hmm. and at the same time uh it was reported that he was uh giving them money to this was in about 87 88 he was giving them money to 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 buy a few players as well so um they got steve archibald on loan from barcelona in 87 88 which <laughs> seems mad even now yeah. that the aussie Ardiles went and played there for a bit yeah. that that year though it didn't really take off and and then when he fully took over the club in 1991 it started to to, to move really quickly yeah and of course they and I should say by the way uh, they finished fourth in their seat their first season yeah uh, back up in in the top flight had had two good cup runs as well I think quarter and a semi final Shearer had a bad injury but he still scored sixteen league goals I think twenty one league matches uh, and then their second season uh, back in the top flight they finished second and pushed Manchester United for the title now Manchester United won it by eight points maybe so it was reasonably comfortable in the end there was more to it than that though there was I, I, I mean I mean because. At one point, Blackburn didn't have a great start to the season. They had a few injuries. And at one point, they're 14 points off them. And Mm. then they really start motoring. And there's the bit where they play them in sort of Easter time, I guess around April. And um, Blackburn come to Ewood Park. And Ewood Park is being rebuilt at this point. Mm. And um, so it's... It's, it's a busy crowd, but it's a kind of three-sided crowd, which is quite an interesting yeah. dynamic. And Shearer has an incredible game. He scores oh, two a, nil. Yeah, that's and right. He got both, didn't he? And Header it, and a volley. Yeah, and the the, yeah. the, the, the second one where he he, he steamed oh. past Pallister and just smashed it in. I mean, that was proper irresistible Shearer. And at that point, the, the, they're on. The, they're they're on a level with Manchester United, and mm-hmm. you know United are, are looking a bit tired, and um, it's all catching up with them a little bit. And and then having got there, 
the pressure is maybe a little bit too much for Blackburn and and, and that makes the Possibly. difference in the, in the in the closing month of the season yeah and and I think the reason why I wanted Blackburn to win the league that season and I think actually your neutral probably did is because they were going up against Manchester United yeah and Manchester United they'd not long started winning league titles of course in 93-94 I mean they won the first Premier League title, of course, what was it, 90, um, 92, 93. I always get it mixed up. Leeds yeah. won in 91, 92, which was the last old division one. Exactly. Yeah. and uh, But but of course, what Ferguson was building, it was obvious. They were the big boys. They were suddenly the team to beat. And they looked like they were going to win the league every year. As, as And they were always challenging, of course, under Ferguson. You know, as we all know, what an amazing job it was. And what a great team they had then as well in 93, 94. Completely, and and so this side going up against them, I felt they were the, the, the neutrals' choice. And uh, you know, Alan Shearer, one can forget the pace that he had as well. Mm. Uh, you know, injured, such terrible injuries, and yet still a phenomenal player even after coming back from those injuries. But imagine the player he would have been had he not have had those injuries as well. He scored thirty-four goals in all competitions uh, in that ninety-three, ninety-four season, and he went on a, a you know he won a two or three golden boots around that time. He was regularly sort of scoring 30-odd goals a season. It was it was phenomenal. Okay, 42-game season, but still uh, around that time. So when you asked earlier, uh, was it sort of a question to the effect of did it surprise you or sort of how quickly? Or, mm. For me, again, being that age, I suddenly just, I don't remember them being promoted. I remember them finishing fourth just about, and I vividly remember them finishing second. So to me, they were one of the big sides. And it's interesting at the start of... Yeah, before the start of 94-95, we talked about them signing Chris Sutton mm. and uh, the, the fact that United were interested as well. And um, Sir Alex Ferguson's input in in that summer is very, very interesting <laughs> because we uh, where. where <laughs> Basically, uh, Norwich have, have set this fee of £5 million to let Chris mm. Sutton go. And um, Blackburn will meet it. Arsenal and United, well, Arsenal, I think, are struggling to meet it, although they do eventually get up to the, the, the magic figure. Mm. Um, United won't go above, I think it was 4.2 or 4.3. And they tried another little method. And they, uh, like Sir Alex Ferguson said, well... You know, really, it's up to him whether he wants to play in front of fifteen thousand at Ewood Park or or forty five thousand <laughs> at Old, Old Trafford. It's really up to him, isn't it? Yeah. And um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that that is notable. A because it's classic Sir Alex, mm-hmm. and two because it's him saying to Blackburn, "Really, mm-hmm. I think you are a threat. I know you are a threat." Yep, absolutely right. And he scored in the title-winning season. He scored 15 goals mm. and Alan Shearer scored 34 in the league. Despite being under immense pressure, Chris Sutton. I mean, he didn't, yes. he, and, he and didn't score. And being only 21. Being only 21 years old. I didn't realise yeah. he was that young when he went there. Exactly. I mean, he Of didn't course, sc- it would make sense how time works <clears throat> and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But looking back, I again, being the age I was, I was looking at, at him as if, oh, this is a 26, 27-year-old in the sort of peak of his career. Kind of thing. And, and he didn't score in that opening game of the season against um, Southampton, which was a draw as well. And when you think how Shearer's career really took off instantly at Blackburn, like I said, he had that dazzling debut at, uh, at Selhurst Park. And I think it's easy to forget the amount of stick that Chris Sutton got in 
in the newspapers when, when he when he didn't score and he didn't play brilliantly in the opening game. It's just a reminder of how much the pressure was on him. It was yeah. it, it was it was immense. Um, but you know there is this you know not entirely unfair uh, p- perception that Blackburn bought success and clearly they couldn't have done it without Jack Walker's money. Um, but I think there was the persuasiveness of Dalgleish. There was yeah. good scouting as well. I mean, you touched on, say, Graham Lasseau, for example, before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was in the reserves at Chelsea when yeah. when when Blackburn bought him. You know, he'd he'd, he'd fallen out with Ian Porterfield. He'd, he'd he'd been substituted and thrown his shirt at him when he when he got taken off. Um, I think sometimes because um, Graham Lasseau, people think of antiques and the Guardian that that people forget is is actually quite combustible as Blackburn yeah. find out a little bit later when they're, when they're champions. Yeah. Um, but at, at that point, Lasso like was sort of banished by Porterfield to to train with the youth team, mm-hmm. and um, Dalglish saw something in him that I think from remembering from him talking about it himself around about the time Lasso maybe didn't even see it himself, and. Less than a year after he arrives at Blackburn, is in the England squad. So yeah. th- there's there's good coaching there as well, and you know there's there's a, a a team ethic, and I think sometimes like people overlook this when um, they talk about again Chelsea and, and, and Manchester City. I think sometimes as football fans we see a contradiction between um, you know passion and wanting to be remunerated for your efforts mm-hmm. whereas in, in fact the two things can coexist together and Blackburn famously um, liked a, a, a bit of a jape I mean apparently Chris Sutton had quite a raucous send-off from Norwich City and he was quite worried that Blackburn would find out about it and cancel his signing on the day that he went he went, went up there do you know when, he, what, what went on he spent a night in the cells the night before he signed for Blackburn oh, right. and um, so anyway he got up there and uh, apparently Shearer said, "Well, don't don't worry. We like a laugh here. I mean, there, there was oh, I don't believe it, Andy. I'm in the cell. It's cold. Just tap water on offer. That's what he was probably saying. Probably. And, and there was That's where he learned how to pund it. Probably. Probably. It was a long night. Because <laughs> um, there was there, there was this great story that's told in uh, John Durden's book, Rovers Revolution, where." Um, they're going on the coach to an away game in London and they're just leaving Blackburn and uh, Tim Sherwood has this idea to get the break glass in case of emergency hammer and smash it on the side window of of the coach. (laughs) Uh, And there's... Basically, he says, each person has to hit the window harder than the next person. Now, Mm. Sherwood goes first and he actually breaks the window... (laughs) Uh, they're only just out of Blackburn, so they're all going to the coach driver. Um, oh yeah, I think a stone's hit it or something, mm. and hiding the, hiding the hammer. And Dalgleish apparently is quite relaxed about the about the whole thing. And in the end, they end up um, betting Mike Newell that he can't sit next to the smashed in window, like with all the wind coming in down the motorway, with his shirt off for the whole journey. <laughs> And that, that they all put in a tenner each, and, and, and apparently you covered, you carried it off. I told you, everybody, the nineties were better for this sort of thing. Like, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous that these, that these players. Oh, yeah, I don't need to explain it, do I? That story tells it so. I mean, also though, again, going back to those days, 
Michael Cox once said a, a story about uh, Dalgleish and his tactics, and they, they were very much a four-four-two team. Mm. Tim Flowers in goal, a b- brilliant goalkeeper. Uh, Lasso was the left back. Hendry and Berg in the centre. Uh, I think uh, now I get a little bit confused. Pierce was the other fullback, was he? I know uh, Jeff Kenner and Tony Gale got involved a little bit in defensively as well, but that was certainly the kind of the classic lineup. Yeah, and, and that's then... that's the thing actually. At the start of that season, um, they lost David May to Manchester United, of course, which yeah. people don't see as a because he was a bit part player for Manchester he went United. Single handedly win the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but, but people don't see it as a big deal in retrospect. But he was he was huge for for Blackburn, he was a big player, yeah. and that, they they couldn't renew his contract, and so yeah, Tony Gale stepped in who was a surprise signing who was one of Ray Harford's um, connections who was Kenny Dalglish's assistant manager so yeah they've got this reputation for being flash but it, it was a defence uh-huh. that cost tuppence halfpenny. and as you say so much came from the fullbacks and wing play which was I think even then seen as quite old fashioned mm-hmm. and anachronistic really yeah, I mean, but Colin Hendry was just an absolute monster at the back for them. Yeah, and, you know, popped up with the old goal again. My he may well have only scored one. My memory would perhaps you know amplify that, but forgive me if, if I've got the tally wrong there. But he he scored a few in my head. But he was so important for them. And then in the midfield, you mentioned Sherwood. You know, was so good in the centre of the park. We we think of him as a bit of a silly sausage now, or whatever. But he was brilliant that season with with Atkins in there, Ripley and Wilcox either side. Although we mentioned Paul Warhurst and Robbie Slater also. Got Got involved mm. in, the, in the midfield and Sheeran sat up front with Mike Newell off the bench. But uh, Ripley and Wilcox were your typical old-fashioned wingers. Knock it down the line, and in and you know you go the outside of the fullback because they'll be playing four four two as well and whip it in because you have Shearer and Sutton in there, so it makes sense. Yeah, and w- Ripley was really fast as well. Really, yeah, and really he fast. was. And and they said apparently Ripley and Wilcox, um, Ripley in particular, went to Dalgleish and said. Yeah, I think I think we're getting found out. You know, the opposition fullbacks seem to know what we're up to because it was painfully obvious what they were up to every game. Now I understand we all know what Iron Robin used to do every game, but mm. it was it's easier said than done to stop him. And so Dal Gleish said, oh, "Well, maybe instead of always just sort of bombing it down the the line, why don't you cut inside every now and then?" And they sort of tried this, and it just confused them so much. That it was, oh, just, just, let's just stick to what we're doing. We'll just overpower them, kind of thing. You know? Like, again, the, the sort of tactical, the absolute basics, but it could win you a league back then. But that season in, in uh, 94 95, they were beaten twice by Manchester United. Yeah, the but first one, to... the first one, very controversially, um, where yeah. a, f- a few refereeing decisions really went against them. Mm-hmm. And I think the to and fro with Manchester United is really interesting, Marcus, mm-hmm. because, you know, you talk there about. United kind of looking for a rival, I suppose, in in, in the early years of the, yeah. the, the the Premier League, because I think it's easy to think this is one of those one-way rivalries. Because like lots of the Rovers players from the time have talked about it, they absolutely hated Manchester United. Yeah, but even if Manchester United traditionally didn't see Blackburn as a major rival, mm-hmm. um, from the other direction. There was certainly a great deal of antipathy, to say the very least. Our friend Matt Riley, who's a big Blackburn Rovers fan, he told me a story about when you go into the boardroom at Blackburn, or certainly the way it used to be, at Ewood Park, they have, in the boardroom, they have all the badges of all the other football league clubs and Premier League clubs 
on the walls, all the way around the walls. And behind the door are placed the badges of Burnley and Manchester United. So when the door <laughs> is open, you never have to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that tells you, doesn't it? I think you're right. It's good to point out that little rivalry. I think I think Ferguson actually thrives off that because he doesn't want to get mm. doesn't want his players to get too relaxed. Uh, we have to say, and I don't want to dwell on this, that, that Eric Cantona's ban that season. Huge, huge. It did have an impact on, on the title. That's not to say that, that Blackburn wouldn't have won it, but it's to say that their percentage or their chance of winning it would have been less if Cantona hadn't got banned, but he did. And that's the way football goes. You know, he he, he did that and he gets the punishment. So, you know, boo-hoo. Um, and, and they had enough elsewhere on the pitch to kind of get them through. But Blackburn, they went on a run February throughout March and into April, which is when they really started getting some momentum. But then they started getting a little bit nervous. And they lost to Man City and West Ham towards the end. And of course, Andy, the last day of the season, arguably one of the most important people in the uh, in, in the title race for, for Blackburn. Yes, of course, we've mentioned Shearer and Hendry and Sherwood and all the rest of it. It was Ludic McGlosko, yes. the West Ham goalkeeper. Yes, it was Ludo. It was Ludo. Um, because uh, it, it sort of became famous, didn't it? Manchester United's failure to beat West Ham at, at Upton Park. Um, yeah. Andy Cole had a few chances that came and went that Mark day. Hughes. Certainly, yes, he he did as well, and um, it it just meant it was it was so interesting because of course Blackburn, it all went to plan in the first half. They went one nil up through Shearer, typically emphatic finish, and you're thinking nice little cruise towards the title. Then uh-huh. then John Barnes equalizes in the in, in the second half, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's nerves because. Of course, right at the end, everyone remembers right at the end when Jamie Redknapp scored the winning goal for, for Liverpool from a free kick. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the looks you see on the Blackburn Rovers players' faces, I don't know if they're ashen looks. They're more nervous looks. Because at that point, when it's 1-1, yeah. it all rests on West Ham and Manchester United anyway. Because yeah. if, if the game at Anfield had finished in a draw between Liverpool and Blackburn and United had gone on to beat West Ham, they would have won the title on goal difference anyway. So really, Redknapp's goal made absolutely no difference. Yeah, you're right. I think that the the Blackburn Rovers players, when it goes one all, again, from memory, it's not like we've got to go and win this. It's, oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, crap. We don't know what to do. Uh, And I think they had a a, a sort of a decent chance. Maybe Sutton hit it over the bar or something. But it, it did. And I remember, and this was the first... In my memory, the first exciting last day of the title, when the cameras are going to each ground, and then I yeah. think the cap- they realised, hang on, it's all about what happens at the bowling ground right now. Mm. That's what that is. That's where the title is going to be won and lost. Yeah. Of course, they they didn't uh, manage to score, and and they won. And you know, it was incredible. I mean, again, the, the PFA team of the year included Flowers, Lasso, Hendry, Sherwood, Shearer, Sutton, six Blackburn <laughs> players, which is. Absolutely incredible. Um, and you can't really stress it enough. At the end of the season, Dalgleish resigned as, as manager and Ray Harford took over. And the following season, they finished seventh. Shearer's still got 31 in the league. Um, and then in 96-97, Shearer went to Newcastle. Blackburn finished 13th and they were relegated. They did come back 
to the Premier League soon after, and they won the League Cup under Soonis. So, you know, and, mm. and so it's a rare thing for Blackburn to win a major trophy. Rare thing for most clubs, I should say. And then in 2011-12, they were relegated. Obviously, currently in the Championship, and I think they went down to League One for a yeah, they did. for a brief stint. Mm. Um, one thing, though, and again, this probably reflects, and we we should wrap up soon. But one thing that reflects the sort of the, the tactics of Kenny Dalglish. One of the quirks of this Blackburn Rover side is, despite their success in the Premier League, they were utter shit in Europe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> utter shit I mean they were they were not the season I think they won the the league they were knocked out the UEFA Cup by Swedish side Trelleborg who were amateurs and uh, and then the following season when they were in the Champions League they finished bottom of, of a group with Rosenberg Legia Warsaw and Spartak Moscow now I know football wasn't so um, imbalanced uh, that, that back then so those sides could have some good players but it's still not exactly a, a stellar you know sort of group of death and they lost four out of the six it was just very strange Andy that they were dreadful when it came to European competition exactly and uh, I think th- to wrap it up we do have to get to uh, the famous Batty Lasso set to at Spartak Moscow <laughs> which, which, which followed that because poor old David Batty who when they gave Manchester United a run for their money in 93-94. Batty was fantastic. Having won the league with Leeds in 92, of course, and um, going on to nearly win it with Newcastle um, a couple of years after that. Um, yeah, he'd, he'd missed all of that season, really, apart from five, six games and uh, through injury, um, having been such a brilliant partner for Sherwood in the, in the centre of midfield. And so when he was, when they tried to give him a championship medal, he said no. He refused it. He said, "Look, I, I didn't really take any part in this," and he yeah. was very, you know, as you would expect David Batty to be, I suppose, very, very Yorkshire about it. Um, and then I don't know, maybe that was the, the moment where it all snapped, where him and Lasso had words in uh, Moscow and came to blows. Quite, quite possibly, Andy. It's uh, it's it's always interesting talking about Blackburn Rovers in the nineteen nineties, and it's been a pleasure talking with you about them uh, today. Thank you very much for listening to teams of our lives everybody we'll be back next week with another team of our lives this was a stakhanov production and part of the acast creative network 